Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, Mondays Down South. Another edition, as always. I was missing missing y'all last week out in Ireland, but I heard these guys did an awesome job from what I saw covering, and Dolan stepped in admirably. I come back day after. We're excited. My man Zebo's in town. We're playing basketball. I'm hitting threes in his eye. He's upset. They're getting all mad, and then they decide to break my hand. So here we are a day after Ireland, starting off a a new pod. I'm going to have a lot more time to watch sports and not be able to play them. Thanks to these, you know, thanks to cooking these fools in basketball the other day. Um, in all seriousness, it's good to be back, gentlemen. I have, I was bummed I missed last week's episode, but to answer all the viewers questions, because these guys threw it out last week, I was up till four in the morning watching the Colts Ravens game. <laughs> Fortunately, this week, the results were better than last week after, uh, after what happened in that second half of that Ravens game. So Definitely excited about being back watching football and talking about it with you guys. So let's get the ball rolling. Gentlemen, you guys got any games you want to touch on or any topics you want to address right off the bat? I have a mini little rant, actually. You just reminded Ooh, me. Like this. Um, like this already. It's, it's, like a, it's like a come on, man, kind of a thing. And, you know, it's nothing new, obviously. We know how much of a disaster the Washington football team organization has been over the years. And we thought they were turning the corner. And, you know, it feels rehashing what we already know. But I think this this week is especially prudent to call them out once again for um, I don't know how in the loop on this story you guys are, but obviously with all the drama that they got roped into with the emails getting you know back up to the, the previous kind of bad things going on in that organization that got brought back up with John Gruden. So it appeared so on Thursday, I think Wednesday night, Thursday morning, they decided to announce that they are retiring Sean Taylor's jersey or, or his number. Um, before the game or at halftime of the Chiefs game, literally that upcoming Sunday. So there's a lot of chatter, obviously. What's that? 15 years after the fact. Yeah. Um, Sean Taylor, obviously one of the most beloved, you know, you know, guys in franchise history, obviously for how, you know, horrible his ending, um, you know, his life came, but it's just, obviously it comes off as just a cover up to distract everyone from what was going on, which to you, Sean Taylor, and something that was long overdue of retiring his jersey um, for something as low as to just distract people from the mess of your organization is honestly, it's, it's, it's not even worth getting fired up about it. It's just sad, to be honest with you. Um, and from what I heard, um, I actually, you know, I can't watch the games live necessarily, so I just follow on through Red Zone. But I heard the ceremony was a disaster, and it looked exactly like they planned it over two days. Um, just like not a lot of camaraderie with it. Obviously the fact that you only give people two days notice, people can't fly in and travel for it. Um, and then the whole thing with Jackson Mahomes doing his TikTok dances literally on top of his number, which on face value, you're like, Jackson Mahomes, you're an idiot. Why are you doing that? But then when you look more into that story, that's exact. that's where the Washington football team, people put like the VIP, like VIP guests, like the guests from the other team and stuff. So he was literally told to stand in a small, like roped off area, which is literally right on top of the number. Um, now, granted, he still shouldn't have done that, but just an awful like mess of a thing for them to do for, you know, something that was so long overdue and really, you know, should have, should have been a really like special time and a special occasion to, uh, to celebrate Sean's life um, and his legacy. And, and so another thing that they just completely ruined, which was, you know, really sad to see. So I, I wanted to come on and mention it and just call them out again for you know really ruining something that that again was long overdue uh, and uh you know should have been done much much better so that's my soapbox for the start yeah, of this episode 
I completely agree with you, man. And, you know, I know like the details are still being released with the, uh, with the whole email surveillance story, but um, like, how is Dan Snyder exonerated in this situation? I think, I think there's just an extra protective gear shield. I, I know he's no longer in direct ownership with the team. I think that falls within the family name, but he's kind of um, assembled, you know, chess pieces to kind of exonerate him in certain ways, shapes and forms. So Hopefully at some point, um, you know, some of this true, you know, information starts to come to light and maybe, you know, he has, he's forced to, you know, liquidate or I, I don't know, or he's pushed to liquidate by the other owners. I'm not sure how, how troublesome of a task that would be, but maybe something to keep in mind as, as more information kind of gets released here, but, you know, obviously uh, pretty dubious on the whole situation too. So si, what are, what are some of your thoughts? Honestly, I don't, I don't have anything to add. I don't even want to talk about the topic because I just really think that yeah. like, it's frustrating let's be honest anyone that's paying attention knows why they did it when they did it and it just goes to show how much power owners have and how there's like no checks and balances when you're on when you're on that level in the sense of like constantly being put in positions where you're questioned for actions that you've conducted but not having any sort of um any sort of like really anything done to the level of implications that they're putting out there and teach their own. I can't speak to that. But at the same time, like I do also put it a little bit on, obviously this is an organization thing, but I put a little bit on um, Roger Goodell for not being able to like do more at that higher level. Cause it clearly shows like the money grab aspect of things is what matters to people. Right. Because even after all this, like I'm pretty sure Gruden got to keep all his money. Schneider didn't really lose anything. You know what I mean? Like there's just so like for the things that we saw, you would think that there'd be more and there isn't. And I don't know what the right solution is. I can't, I, I don't know for a fact what that is, but is, is what's happened recently, the right solution. I think we can all agree holistically it's not. So um, that's where I'm at. And uh, you know, I, the more we talk about it, the more it's just going to put a damper on damper on it. So, but I think, I think I've hit the nail on the head and I think, I think I'm ready to ready to move forward outside. I know I did my, make myself kind of sad thinking about it now, just to like use Sean Taylor's name to uh, you know, kind of clear the air a little bit it just sucks but yeah let's let's carry on to our usual uh you know usual it positive was, it was definitely worth mentioning Ev. I, yeah. i'm glad you did so yeah. that, that's what i'll say well maybe transitioning here one thing i can probably bring up one one major takeaway from this week guys was the like the week of the clobberings here i mean there are over four matchups where uh some of these games weren't even within three possessions so Thing you know, none of them were were under the trajectory of our of our betting strategy last week. So maybe that's something that we have to go back on the to the drawing board on. But just a couple games, and and I'm sure we'll talk to, talk about them. Um, the Colts, you know, hammering the Texans, thirty-one to three. The Rams hammering the Giants, thirty-eight eleven. The Ravens, contrary to our belief, starching the Chargers, thirty-four six. And then finally. Uh, contrary to our belief, again, uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, demolishing the Browns 37-14 in Cleveland. Um, any games in particular that you were, you know, shocked by or, or anything that you want to talk about? Because we obviously have a lot to get into here in week six. I think the last two you just mentioned, right, the the Baltimore Chargers one. Um, I mean, I think the Chargers were kind of due for a, a, a bum game and then the coming across the country thing, you know, whole deal. But, I mean – that had game of the week, game of the year potential right there. And just from the jump, Baltimore came out and just put it to them. 
um, on offense and defense, you know, Herbert couldn't get anything going. The Ravens could not be stopped. Um, and, and, you know, now the Ravens are looking like they're going to challenge, you know, the bills who then lost on Monday night, which I'm sure we'll get to, but, um, you know, for even, you know, best team in the NFL, best team in the AFC talks. I mean, they looked amazing and, and, you know, disappointing performance from the chargers. Although, you know, it doesn't necessarily change my view of the chargers, but, um, you know, the Ravens, Ravens are looking sharp. The one that got me was the Cardinals game. I mean, I know there was injuries, but to see to see them win by as much as they did, like, and we were talking about this last night, actually, uh, Zebo and I got mm-hmm. wings at his favorite spot, Buffalo uh, Wing Factory, while he was home. And um, we were talking about it. We are talking about who do we think are, like, who do we think are maybe ascending and descending teams? And I would argue, like, I keep thinking that the Cardinals at some point are going to lose, you lose a game here because the more I watch them, like, the more I see things where I'm like, oh, that that seems exploitable. Like, why is it that why is it that you know teams aren't taking advantage of that? Or oh, that seems like something that could happen. And so far, they haven't lost the game yet. So the Cardinals continue to surprise me. Like, I still don't have confidence that they are you know the best team in the NFL. But their record says that they're best team in the NFL. So it's one of those kind of weird feelings where my gut's telling me like I just still don't know. Whereas like you know on paper they keep winning by decent margins against really good teams and that's something to something to to pay attention to but I don't know I, I brought the Cardinals up specifically to say like even with all that being said I still don't see them as a team in the NFC that's gonna like make you know make a legit Super Bowl run that's just me personally because I just have something where I, when I watch them I say there's something about them that I can't really like wrap my arm around that I just think like they aren't quite there yet I don't know I can't explain it but they keep winning against good teams so I I I don't know maybe I'm crazy but that's how I feel one major shout out I wanted to give out to uh, switching gears here with the with obviously the Tennessee Titans Bills game was Derek Henry is on a he is just on a tear right now let me give you guys some statistics here based on his last five games uh five games ago 35 carries 182 yards three touchdowns easy work the next game 28 carries 113 yards so over 100 there uh the third game 33 carries 147 and a touchdown and then the final two games 29 carries 133 touchdowns and then finally uh 20 carries 143 and three touchdowns it's unbelievable and this dude was clocked running 22 miles per hour last night that that first touchdown run, like for a man that big to run that fast, yeah, like they people, they people undercut were, he was their outrunning cornerbacks. Like he was outrunning. He safety. was blowing he them was, out of the water. Like they he, they set their angle. Like they were so wrong with their angles on him. He just exploded. It wasn't even close. The dude, the dude is honestly unbelievable. I was thinking about this yesterday because. Sai and I, or maybe just me, I don't know. You have to have Sai, but we're trying to trade for him an auction because the guy that owns Henry was like floating <laughs> him to try and get some depth. And I was so close to getting him, I feel like, but he, I guess, I don't know, he wanted to wait a week. And um, I was kind of thinking, I was like, this might be a good opportunity for Henry to have a down week and then we could get him cheaper because could you think of like, like that game is probably one of the worst matchups for Henry, at least from a usage and fantasy perspective, because the Bills have a good defense and an offense that's definitely going to score 30, 40 points on you. So you got to think game script wise, they might need to throw more. So I was feeling pretty good that he might not have a bonkers game. So much for that, you know, whatever, I forget, whatever he ended at 160 and three scores or whatever it was. But yeah. I mean, you know, even in a matchup that looks like one where he won't explode, like, you know, the dude is just, you know, 
I mean, he's the best back in the league, and it's not even close, to be you honest. Know, you, you know what I don't understand? Like, I understand Julio and A.J. Brown was out. How is this the team that lost to the Jets, like, two or three <laughs> weeks ago, and then they come out and they beat the Titans <laughs> on Monday Night Football, like, three weeks later? I, this is what I mean, man. I don't get the Titans, but I'm really upset because I'm like, Bills, I needed you to win this game to get my Colts within one game of the division again. And, of course, somehow they beat the Bills. Like, I, I just – I don't get it, but shout out Derrick Henry. Um, I'm good for the Titans getting their the receivers back, and also um, prayers up for Taylor Lewan. I hope I hope everything's all good. It looked like he looked fine. I haven't seen any reports yet, but he's an incredible player, player, and I really want to see him back out there. Even you know, even I don't care if I'm a Colts fan. Like you want the best for these guys that are out there competing every week and. Uh, Wishing the best for him, so just want to throw it out there. We gave everybody the, uh, the 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 thumbs up sign, the gnarly bro sign. So you know he's he's good to go, and the entire stadium erupted in, in cheers and applause when they saw that. So you know just kind of shows the man's character. But I, I agree with you know, obviously Cy. MDS sends our our sentiments out, and, and hopefully we uh, we wish a speedy recovery. Maybe collab on the next podcast with Bussin with the boys. Collab, I love it. I love it. That too, and the uh, the Seattle guy. Did you guys see that on Sunday Night Football? The Seattle guy that got stretchered off towards the end of that game. That one looked really bad. Like he mm-hmm. didn't give a thumbs up. He was, I mean, looked in really bad shape. But apparently he's fine and could like play this week. So um, mm-hmm. hopefully someone for uh, for Luan. But it's a couple of scary sights there though in the Sunday night and Monday night games. But the cool thing about the Titans too though is their de- their defense actually stepped up and made plays last night. I mean they still allowed a lot of points, but throughout that game their defense you know, had their moments of actually showing that they might be, you know, capable of not being like worst events in the NFL and like stepping up and making a play here or there. So they look pretty darn good. We'll see. Yeah. I, I wanted to give another shout out to, uh, you know, kind of switching over to the Cincinnati Bengals, Detroit Lions game. Uh, obviously that was a bloodbath. Uh, I'm not even sure if I mentioned this one, but 34, 11, um, there, you know, Joe Burrow is playing out of his mind right now, and Joe Mixon is starting to get his fair share of uh, of, of carries. He's kind of had his breakout year, assuming everything stays healthy. But there was one play in particular where he, he took a screen forty yards, and the block by Jamar Chase. If you guys saw that highlight, it just goes to show you, uh, you know, all the the preseason antics and uh, journalism stories you know, claiming that he, he couldn't catch the ball and um, he couldn't see the football correctly and like kind of constructing that story uh, artificially to make it seem like he was struggling to adapt to this NFL style. And for him to just completely have shut out that entire crowd is, is pretty satisfying to see. Um, and so, you know, obviously he's having a great year, but not only catching the football, you know, putting his body on the line and taking out corners with him to allow his other players to score touchdowns, I think is really cool. And I mean, what a, what a trajectory for the Cincinnati Bengals here this season. They're sitting at four and two and there's just like a swagger behind this team that I, I've really grown to appreciate. I'm not sure if you guys saw that, saw that game or saw that play, but just something I wanted to give a shout out to. Yeah. Well, I laughed because people, they got a lot of flack for not drafting an offensive lineman and just going to say that a blocker right then and there. So, yeah. And guess, and guess who did draft their offensive lineman? That they ah, were Detroit. To draft, Detroit. And I, yep. I mean, at least early on in the season, I don't know if that's changed, but he was not looking too good. I don't know. Maybe he is now or if he's even healthy. I don't know. But that one really seemed to work out in their favor. And like I said, they were giving a hard time for it. But yeah, the Bengals look good. Um, the Bengals look, look like they're, they're onto something here. And then the poor Lions it's lose hard. again. In the offensive line of defense, though, it's hard to 
truly evaluate a lineman on a team that's losing because even if they're blocking well, you really have to pay attention to the tape to really evaluate because you're not going to see a lot of highlights from when the when a team's struggling. Like I think a Q, for example, like Quinn Nelson, like we had a good team or like our team played well his first year, which is why you saw him become an all pro. But that wouldn't have happened if our team was bad. That's the case, with, I think, with a lot of linemen that get drafted. So I'm going to hold off judgment on uh, Sewell and uh, Slater because I think both of those guys still have a ton of potential to grow. But one thing's for sure, the wide receivers class this year has not disappointed and, and they continue. Jalen Waddle had a huge game, even on a mm -hmm. loss this week. I mean, this wide receiver class is something special. I, I Every single week, you just see somebody take off. I mean, even Devontae Smith hasn't had the best season, but he's even had his flashes in the pan. Like, I, I think I think this, we're going to see one, this is going to be one of the best receiving classes that we see in a, um, in a long time, in my opinion, after last year's class, which is pretty terrific in its own right, which speaking of C.D. Lamb, the Dallas Cowboys, that just worked out as a perfect transition. I wasn't even talking about that. The waving goodbye at the end of the game, <laughs> basically saying I'm here and I'm the number one now. Um, and the Cowboys, I know Ev doesn't love this, but even, you know, I understand that it was a close game against Patriots and they're probably the better team, but they're finding a way to win week in and week out. They've only lost one game and that offense is gelling and Trayvon Diggs and that defense has a little something going. I think the Cowboys are a legit competitor in the NFC. I didn't think I would ever say that because every year, you, you know, they show flashes and then we laugh. But right now, I don't see anything to make me doubt that the Cowboys are a legit team. And every week they seem to prove it. They did something this week that they don't usually, they haven't done in the past. They had a close game and they actually finished it out and won it, which is something we haven't seen with consistency. So shout out to the Cowboys, shout out to CD Lamb, shout out to Dak Prescott, shout out to that run game, shout out to... Trayvon Diggs and that defense, that was a fun game to watch, man. I don't know if you guys saw that. That was a fun game. That was one of the few insane and awesome games. I kind of started to tune out just because those games were so boring. I think I had it on mute on the TV. And then right at the end there when, I mean, Trayvon Diggs is amazing. And then he, he blows, they put a double move on him, which is just, I feel like Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels at their finest. Like he gets cocky after jumping a route and uh, getting a pick. So we're going to throw a double move on him and, and get the lead back. But um or at least tie up the game. But yeah, that, that game was awesome. I think the question is not if they're an NFC competitor, but are they a Super Bowl contender? I'm saying no. I'm saying they're still the Cowboys. I said it last week. They won't finish more than, I guess I got to do the math on a 17 game se season, like 11 and six, 10 and seven. Although that's going to, that's looking hard because they still have a lot of divisional games left to go, but I still don't think they're a Super Bowl Contender. I give them I give them in a 17 game schedule at least 12 wins and I think I think I put the Cowboys and Cardinals kind of in the same realm of like really really good teams that are showing up on paper but like both of those teams still have something to prove for for I think myself or maybe other I don't want to speak for the public but for them to pr prove that they're Super Bowl contenders because neither of these teams have have shown in recent past that that is the case even when they have been good so I think I need to I think this is going to be this, the year that determines right determines that right. But in my opinion, I think them and the Cardinals are in the same pack. I do think that there are a couple more teams that I would definitely favor over them as far as uh, Super Bowl um, champ kind of picks. I mean, I'm still sticking with my Rams as far as as well with the Rams, my pick earlier this year because they look great as usual. But I, I don't know. I, that's a, that's I'm I'm torn on that question, Zach. I'll I'll let you answer that one. Yeah, I probably disagree with you, Sean. I know we were kind of talking about this on Wings last night, but 
we ranked our top five teams Ev, and you know i think consistently we had like our top three despite the fact that the buck the buccaneers have struggled a little bit early in the season we think that they're going to be a clear contender we put them at the third spot and then we had the rams and bills interchangeably at one and two obviously before the monday night game even though that doesn't really change too much for me so let's just say we push those three teams aside and we take a look at four through eight the main disagreement that sign i had is that Cy put the Packers above a lot of teams, um, including the Cowboys and the Cardinals. And that's where I disagree. My, my question to Cy, it would be interesting, you know, us deliberating this on the podcast was what, what substantial evidence can you give me that the Packers have superseded the Cardinals in your mindset? The Cardinals have a more complete defense. They have a more, I wouldn't say a more electric quarterback, but, you know, Kyler has been able to make plays. I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers, they're just two different styles, right? They're, they're incredible in their own ways. Right. So I won't mention that. Uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers has that dig down deep, uh, you know, saturated experience. We're going to win the game mentality that, that Kyler just doesn't have right now, but Kyler is equally as special in, in his own way at this point in time in his career. Um, and I think the offensive skill sets uh, kind of favor the the Cardinals. So you know, based on the record, based on their strength of schedule, playing in the toughest division in football in the NFC West. So what substantial evidence could you give me over why you would rank a team like Green Bay over a team like uh, Arizona? There isn't. Genuinely, there isn't. I, I don't pick Green Bay over Arizona because I think that Green Bay on paper is the better team or that so far Green Bay has looked like the better team or because I think Green Bay has a more complete team. No, that's not why I pick Green Bay. The reason I pick Green Bay is when I watch both of these teams play, and I've been watching them every week, there's something in my, just this is going to sound crazy, but there's something in my gut where when I watch them go out there and play, I just see that, like, that mentality. Like, I mean, first of all, I'm a huge fan of, like, like quarterback comes first. And obviously Kyler's incredible. This is nothing to take away from Kyler. But the way Rodgers has been playing these last two seasons is – nothing short of spectacular in the sense of like, it doesn't matter how close or how far a game is. He's got that mentality of like, I'm, I'm going to make the play when I need to make the play. And there's just something about this Packers team. And I'm going to be, I'm probably in the minority of people that would put the Packers in their top five teams. But for me, there's just something about the way that they're, that Rogers is playing right now, the way Devonte Adams is playing and just I don't know what it is, but there's just something that sticks out to me that makes me think that they're going to be there in the NFC, in the big moments when it counts. And for some reason, the Cardinals aren't going to. And maybe it's just because they went to the NFC Championship last year and I have that trust in Aaron Rodgers, whereas I don't have that trust in the Cardinals yet. And that's legitimately why. I'm not saying that the Packers on paper are the better team. I'm saying my gut tells me that they're, throughout the course of the season, going to be the team that I trust more to get further along. Because you can have a great record, but when playoffs come around is when you really show you, like, when you show how good you are or, like, what your capabilities are. And even though the Cardinals are more complete, they have the better record, they've beaten better teams. I still think the Packers will go further, but that's just purely my instincts more than more than statistic or anything like that. And sometimes I just trust my gut when it comes to sports, because no matter how much something can be right, it doesn't always work out on, on paper, right? Because all it takes is one game in the NFL. So I don't know. I just really like what I'm seeing from Aaron Rodgers. I guess, I guess that's the nuance, nuance in the question, I guess, right? Is it's like, who's the best team where we stand today? Like, there's no way you can't say the Cardinals are, you know, certainly 
towards the top of that list, if not at the top yeah. of that list, given that they've blown out several really good teams and they haven't lost, obviously. But when it's all said and done, then yeah, I totally see that argument um, that the Cardinals may slip. And when it comes down to it, Packers, Rams, Bucks, will, will, you know, maybe be more likely to come out. But um, Balt, you gotta you gotta get Baltimore. I mean, I was gonna say, where do you fit the Ravens in the right now? For sure. I mean, they could we, they could be we, the we best team in the AFC. But the Bills losing, I would probably still put the Bills at one, and then Baltimore too, probably. I, I think the AFC. I think the Bills are still one for me in the AFC. I think the AFC is a little bit like wishy washy because right now, um, that's a division that I think could, or sorry, that's a conference I think can look a lot different at the end of the year than it does right now because I, even though the Chiefs have come out of the gate struggling, it's been a lot of turnovers, more of them shooting themselves in their own foot. Like I just, I just. I believe that they have the capabilities to turn it around and they're slowly showing it. Even the first half against you guys, they struggled. And the second half they dominated. I, I genuinely think that like, as the season progresses, they'll, they'll reclaim their, their glory. And then, like, I mean, for example, here's one thing I'm about to say, I'll say about the Ravens and this is no knock against them because they just dis- like dis- dismantled and destroyed the chargers. But we're talking about a couple weeks ago, they came down to the last possession against the Detroit lions and had to kick a 67 yard field goal to win that game. And like, you know what I mean? Like the NFL like ebbs and flows, like, and the last two yeah. weeks, the Ravens, sorry, the last week and a half, the Ravens have showed up because the other argument I'll make is when this isn't an excuse for my Colts, but we were up 22 to nine in Baltimore in Monday night football. And until all three, sorry, all four of our starting cornerbacks got hurt and exited the game. And we lost two more guys to injuries. The Ravens didn't do anything. And then in the second half, when all of that happened and we had practice squad guys out there, they came back and won that game. And it's still spectacular because they were down multiple possessions and the score that many points and tie the game up and, and have your way with the team is really impressive. And this Chargers win, I think, speaks volumes. But they haven't proven to me yet that – and it's like you're saying they're better than the Chiefs, but like I don't know that what they've done – is nest the win against the Chargers is maybe the one big resume builder for me. That but overarchingly, like the Chiefs have had good wins too. So I, I don't know. I, I think I think both teams are on that same level for me. But I think the Bills, even though they lost a close game to the Titans, like I, I think the Bills are, are the best looking team in the AFC right now. Chiefs, I, I probably you know the the Chiefs have not looked great this season. And you know, obviously they'll they'll respond in, in certain fashion, but I'm seriously concerned about their defense. Uh, which Tyron Matthew is getting more sick of each game. It's so funny to see his reactions on the sideline. He is more than frustrated. He's doing everything he can. He's doing everything he can. You have Sorensen, who is literally 30 yards away from, like, the nearest wide receiver who's beat him deep and, like, getting ready to catch another touchdown pass. Like, it makes no sense. But um, I I think this might be a hot take, but – I think Patrick Mahomes kind of needs to check himself a little bit here. He's, he's making like, he's holding the ball way too long. He's kind of like, I don't know. It's almost like kind of like an arrogance in a way. Like he's, he's just kind of like nonchalantly storming up and down the field, uh, holding the ball too long, making, uh, making throws that he shouldn't be making. I think, I think he thinks that he can continue to, to pull off these antics and obviously against the Washington defense with four stout uh, pass rushers. I think he, I think he, he either didn't take them seriously enough, or they're just seriously having some offensive struggles that they haven't experienced before. So hopefully he kind of jumps back into it. I think arrogance is the wrong word, but it just kind of seems like a nonchalance or, or a lack of respect for his opponents. And he still won by eighteen. Okay, but I mean, 
let's be clear on who. I've wondered though. The Washington football team has been awful the whole year, and they did not look anything different on Sunday. And they easily <laughs> could have won that game if they didn't. You know, I mean, each team was kind of handing it back and forth between easily, each other. Easily in the first is half. a strong word, bro. No, that, gave you three. They gave you three turnovers. That's what in the I'm first half. No, that's my. You point. guys were up three points. And then they dominated you in the second half. So I don't no, think that's my, they won. I think no, that's think my point. We should have we should have been able to go up by like ten points by halftime. But we are terrible, and we didn't. That's my point. But though. they still won by eighteen. You see what I'm saying? Like I, I think the Chiefs were. Have you seen our defense this year? That's but that's my point. Like we could have easily been up by ten because of all the idiotic mistakes the Chiefs were making, which they've done pretty much every single game the entire year. Even that Browns game at the beginning, it was the same thing. They just came back and win. The Chiefs still look awful. I agree. Mahomes needs to again. I don't want to like pick on. And again, him having an ego isn't really his fault, you know, with how the media hypes him up. But that one throw where I don't know if it was Chase or who it was, but where he was like turned around like on the ground and they were already in field goal range and he literally just flips it up in the air. Like if Bobby McCain gets an interception, then something went horribly wrong because Bobby McCain is trash. Um, but yeah, Pat needs to check himself um, a little bit and just I, play a little more controlled. Oh, okay. You agree. I completely disagree with both of you. All right. If you are in your first three or four seasons, you are a Super Bowl champion MVP. You are an regular season MVP and you just got an over $400 million contract, go out there and do whatever you want to do. I don't care. I don't care what some random guys on a podcast say on a Monday night. We, our opinion doesn't matter or sorry, Tuesday night. Our opinion doesn't matter. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes is a baller and he's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. If he, he's already on track to do that. He's going to be a hall of famer. He's going to be in the go conversation and he's going to be there at the end of the year in the AFC competing. He's been in the Super Bowl the last two years in a row. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the chiefs aren't off to the best start, but they're not awful is a very strong word, Evan. They don't look good. The other point of it is, if anything, it's their own mistakes. And yeah, maybe there's some arrogance, but they'll figure it out. If you guys genuinely believe that Patrick Mahomes of all people needs to check himself, y'all are on a y'all are on a completely different planet than me because that guy has every right to flex on whoever he wants to flex on because we are talking about somebody that makes us look like pennies on the dollar when it comes to what he i'm not saying he doesn't have a right to act like that but did you again si we're not comparing ourselves to patrick Mahomes as as i was it's not not about comparing comparing. no but what what i'm saying is the problem that i have with that is we're like, oh, Patrick Mahomes, you're, you're being crazy by, by doing these things. These are the same things he's been doing from the beginning no. of his career. But when Did it, you see no, that one play? Worked. Did you see no, that one play? <laughs> have, he was like on the ground that? facing the other direction. He like flipped it over his head. He, 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 has, <laughs> he has done that. He has done that before. No, he, he'll be like falling, doing like, he'll be doing like behind the back passes or sidearm passes. And the difference is the first two he's seasons looking when, forward, he at least. Seat, when he was winning, them, everybody was – pointing to those plays being like, whoa, look at how amazing Mahomes is. He can do things that nobody else can. Yeah, maybe he's maybe he's getting a little overzealous, but when you're that good, you deserve the benefit of the doubt, in my opinion. Like, I, like it'd be one thing if Taylor Heineke was doing this, then I'd be like, all right, dude, like, check yourself. But I'm not going to tell Patrick Mahomes what to do, bro. He's going to go back out there and dominate for the rest of his career. So I'm, I'm not worried about him. My favorite thing point. I saw, it was like a headline of a YouTube video. He was... I'm not going to say the actual word, um, but he was like, the headline was like of this clip and it was like, screw it. Tyreek Hill down there somewhere. Cool. Let's switch on into it. All right, guys. So uh, the Thursday night game, the kick everything off is the uh, Denver Broncos 
uh, playing at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, right now, Cleveland holds a spread of 3.5. That is subject to change. There's a lot of, um, of questionables with Baker Mayfield, with OBJ, and Chubb. with Nick Chubb. Chubb's so, already out. What's up? They already said Chubb's out. Chubb is out. And so Kareem Hunt's out. So they're going to really yeah. have to stretch thin there. Uh, Ev, I'll kick this one over to you. Yeah, this is a desperation game. I think both teams are desperate for a win here. Um, but only one of these teams is actually a good team. I'm going to say Cleveland finds a way. I hate that spread. Um, but I, I'm going to say Cleveland finds a way to win at home. Sai, what do you got? Oh, you want me to go next? Um, I'll give Cleveland the benefit of the doubt with their defense, but this is this is not a game I want to put money down on. I'm going to say Cleveland. I think you would argue that Denver has a better defense than Cleveland, or they're at least right in the same ballpark. I've got Denver money line here. I think this is a as a staple, especially considering the guarantee that uh, to, that Baker won't even play here. Um, oh wait, 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 hold up. Is it? I'm sorry, I missed that. Is Baker definitely not playing? No, no, I, he he could. I think, could. I think Baker's gonna play, but he's just gonna you know be. What? No, really you know hurt. I, I I didn't think about that because it's not just that he might play; it's the fact that he's going to play, and he will be. Even if he plays, he'll be he won't be playing at full strength, and they're going to have both their RBs out, and Odell might be hurt. I'm sorry, I'm going Denver. That was that was dumb on my part. I forgot. I think it's a pretty good money, money line opportunity. I mean, Denver needs a win too. Denver started the season three and zero. They've kind of since slipped to three and three, similar to the to the Panthers. I think I think this is a great opportunity for them to come in and, and take what's theirs on, on a Thursday. But uh, nevertheless, uh, let's switch on over here to Atlanta at Miami. Right now, Atlanta carries a 2.5 spread. Um, I can go ahead and start this one off because I'm trying to put all my bias aside, gents. But I do think Atlanta covers that 2.5 spread in Miami. Um, I know Miami's trying to figure a lot of things out. Now, albeit they – they were able to kind of move the ball uh, pretty well offensively, especially with those receivers. But I just think Atlanta is getting better and better. And I think Atlanta uh, goes to three and three here. I think they cover that 2.5. I, I think Miami needs to start winning some of these, but I think Atlanta is the better team. So I'm going to take them to win here. Miami's just so beat up. I'm taking Miami. I think it's, I think, I think they'll get the win this week. I think, I think they're ready for a dub. Moving on to the next game here, Sai, we'll start with you. Carolina playing in uh, in New York uh, against the Giants. Right now, Carolina holds a spread of three. What do you got? This one's definitely – or definitely is a strong word, but I very much want Carolina covering that spread because with Saquon out with uh, – with, I don't even know if Kenny G is going to be back. Like, they just – that offense of the Giants does not look good, and they just got blown out, albeit with the Rams. I, I expect Carolina to cover the spread. Yeah, Tony's out as well, um, which is like the only good thing about the Giants this year. Um, yeah, I got Carolina. Um, I could see the Giants winning, but I think Carolina wins and probably covers. I, I've got Carolina covering too, and I actually feel pretty confident about this pick just because it's it's kind of a win a win all situation for uh, for Carolina. They they need this one. I know that uh, Stefan Gilmore is out, I believe, still, but their corner play is, is actually uh, is sharpened up a little bit, and their defense is pretty strong. Definitely, certainly top ten. I think they caused some problems. I've got Carolina covering that three point or that three point spread. Moving on to our next game here, Cincinnati playing at Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore holds a six point spread. Ev, kick this over to you. I think this is a little light, and maybe 
as good as Cincinnati actually is, I think it's a little light. So I'm going to say Baltimore covers. What do you got, Zach? I've got Baltimore covering as well. I got Baltimore winning, but I don't have them covering. Okay. I do not feel comfortable picking picking a cover against Cincinnati right now. Cincinnati's good. All right, I'll start this one off. Kansas City playing at Tennessee. Geez, these are some good 1 p.m.ers, I'm not going to lie. Um, in Nashville, you know, Tennessee hot off a win, but as we mentioned earlier on this podcast, heavily inconsistent. Uh, now saying that I actually have Tennessee money line here. Um, I think this is a pretty good opportunity. I think Tennessee controls the clock and they keep Kansas city off the field offensively, which, which can be frustrating and take them out of rhythm in, in certain points. Travis Kelsey is banged up. Um, and, uh, and I just do not see Kansas city stopping Derrick Henry whatsoever. So I think Tennessee controls the game and I see, uh, from an odd standpoint, I think Tennessee money line here. Sai? I got Kansas City covering. I think Mahomes throws for like five touchdowns. No, someone explain this line to me. They think that the Chiefs are eight points better. Yeah. Than the Titans on a neutral side. I'm not. I'm that not is in. Like, that is insane. I think the Titans might be the better team. Period. Because. Yeah, Tennessee money line. I mean, I can see the Chiefs winning for sure, but. This is gonna that, be. This is gonna be great for me. I'll make up some ground on the picking game like easily with you guys both picking Tennessee money line here. I appreciate it. Oh shit! We did jump into the statistics, but or we or we uh, we left I'm out the statistics. Gl- I'm happy to gloss over the statistics. They're at the bottom of your screen if you're interested. Zach continued as his dominant. Actually, size gaining ground on Zach. I am sliding heavily, but I how how is Kansas City favored five and a half on the road at Nashville after they went out and beat the Bills? Because they're gonna win by ten. Watch. We just I, saw no. we just saw Tennessee win Monday night against the Bills. You really think they're going to go beat Kansas City next week? Come on, man. Like, let's just be realistic. We're I'm not overly about, confident in them winning, we're, we're but how about, are you giving them five and a half, Las Vegas? I don't because, understand. Because it. Tennessee lost to the Jets, like, just a few weeks ago. Like, let's not – like, you yeah. can't get biased I think they're rounding in, bro. It's the NFL. Like, Have I, you – Derrick Henry a, might run for 300 yards on them. He might. Okay, let's go over – let's go over last week, though, before we, before we finish. What, what I didn't – I haven't even looked at this yet. Um, I struggled with an eight and six. Um, the we actually all didn't do too well. The only one that matched the number of favorites that one was Cy, who matched it out with ten and four. Um, Zach was nine and five. I was eight and six. So not a very good week for any of us. Cy at I least broke. You got to break even on the number of favorites, though. Otherwise, we're not adding value. So that's true. But uh, you're creeping up. I love back, seeing that seventy-one percent success rate, and we're Cy we're just is coming for you. Though. That Cy is coming for you. <laughs> He's coming hard. Not not at all after that Kansas City pick. But, hey, we'll move forward here. Uh, and we'll actually start with sign on this one. Uh, New York Jets playing in New England. Right now, New England holds a seven-point spread. Interesting to see where that goes. If that becomes a 6.5, it would be very interesting. But, Cy, what do you got? I got New England winning, but I got the Jets. Co- I, I don't have them like – I don't have the New England comfortably covering. So, I'm not going to take the spread on this. Yeah, I actually like the spread. I like it too. I've got New England covering that spread. Would really, really hope that that kind of edges closer towards the Jets, which I think it will. Um, if we can get this under a touchdown, well, obviously, you know, we all have to agree on this, but I think that would that's pretty favorable. Um, all right, Ev, kicking it over to you and your Washington football team here, playing at Green Bay. Green Bay holds a nine point five spread. Heine, is it is it time for Heineke to step up? What do you, what do you got here? Nah, I, I think that number is appropriate. I think Antonio Gibson, um, MRI today, I think he's probably going to have to miss some time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that number is appropriate. I would probably take Green Bay to cover, but I'm 50-50 on the, on the spread. Nobody going next, Zach? Yeah. Green Bay, Green Bay winning and covering. I've got Green Bay winning and covering, too. I hate spreads that kind of lean towards that double-digit marker, but it's I, I feel like it's an appropriate spread, and I think Green Bay is just unstoppable at this point, especially with the with the secondary Washington's look kind of bad. Um, right, we'll talk about a talk about a double-digit spread here. We've got Detroit playing at the LA Rams, uh, four or five game here. LA carries a fifteen-point spread. Um, oh boy. I actually have Den or uh, Detroit covering this spread, um, so I've got LA winning, but I think Detroit covers. Uh, so just something interesting there. I'm going to take the Rams winning, and honestly, if I had to pick, I'm going to pick them covering. Yeah, I mean they'll probably beat them by like 50, to be honest with you, but not not something I'm interested in betting. <laughs> Such a big number. <laughs> interesting game here on this next one here. So I'll kick this over to you, Philly at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the odds say that both of these teams are pretty much even on a neutral site. Las Vegas carries a three-point spread in the Death Star. Um, what's your analysis here? I mean, I'll take the Raiders. I think they'll cover. I'm not, like, super excited about it, but I but I think they'll cover. I think this could be a touchdown for the Raiders in because it's in, it's in Vegas. But the one thing I don't understand is this is essentially saying that these teams are, are like, the same – that's what um, I'm saying. This this same, number makes same no level, sense. And, and I genuinely feel that the Raiders are definitely the better team. So for that reason, I'm going to pick the Raiders to cover. This number <laughs> makes no sense to me. This is my favorite one on the card. I can't explain it. I texted Dolan before this to get his take, but he's always biased. Um, I, I don't understand how this is only three, to be honest. Favorite pick on the card. Don't do it, Zach. I knew Cy wasn't going to let us have the Titans. I knew that would happen, but do not do it. I'm, I'm okay with this one, but I understand why the spread's closer than what you think. I mean, Philly's, Philly's, you know, Philly was within one touchdown of the Buccaneers now, albeit there was kind of garbage time touchdowns, which is normally what Philly does, actually. They kind of claw their way back in, which makes it a dangerous spread, but I'm okay with three. I'll, I'll take Las Vegas here. But Philly did beat Carolina in Carolina, and and you know I think Vegas isn't Vegas is above Carolina. and beyond Carolina, really. Yeah, they Anyways. play well at home too. If there's one team that I genuinely give a big time home bump to, it's Vegas. For some reason, they actually play really well at home. Although the Bears did beat them at home. So can I can I start with this one? Yeah, go for it. I feel very comfortable with Chicago covering the spread. I like I expect I expect the Bucks to win, but. I don't expect them to to cover that spread. Like I think Chicago will be within ten. Yeah, I mean I expect Chicago to cover as well, but yeah, I'll go ahead and say Tampa Bay wins, but Chicago covers. I think that's pretty appropriate. Um, and then moving on to Houston at Arizona, this is the largest spread of the year, seventeen point five Arizona's way. Um, I'll start this one off. I've got Arizona winning and covering this spread. Uh, David Mills is just a pretty much. Uh, kind of a spy for the other team so you know i'm, I'm gonna go with arizona here i feel like davis Mills hasn't looked horrible i haven't watched a lot of his film the last couple of weeks but his first game he looked pretty good but yeah i mean it's just such a big number i feel like i would never actually pick arizona to cover but they probably will i think darius leonard played better as a as a every position last week than than Dar- davis Mills did as a quarterback i mean da- darius leonard last week had an interception 
and pulled the ball out of a defender's hand and had two turnovers just by himself. And Davis Mills, I think I saw him make two completions last week. So I'm, but with all that being said, I'm still going to take Houston to cover. I have Arizona winning though. I mean, come on, 17 and a half. Like this is going to be one of those where they go up, even if they go up big, they'll probably bench their guys at that point. Like 17 and a half is absurd. All right, Sal, we'll let you go last here. Ev, we'll start with you. Uh, Indianapolis playing at San Francisco. San Fran carries a 3.5 spread fresh off their bye week. This is this is a tough one, but uh, I'm interested to see what you think. Yeah, I don't think the number is necessarily wrong, but this is one of my favorite bets on the card to take Indianapolis on the money line. I think they need, kind of need a win. I mean, obviously they're coming off the Houston win, but they need like a, a win against a good team. Um, and they're starting to play really well, it looks like, so... I love the money line for them here. I've got any money lines too, as long as Cy can answer this question for me. Cy, corner play, you mentioned all four of them were out at one point in time against Baltimore. What's the status with the injuries there? We had three out of four play last week. Perfect. That's all I needed to hear. So so our our defense looked really good. I mean, there's a reason Houston scored three points, even if they're not a good team. The other thing that I really want to point to, and I didn't give him the shout out he deserved, actually both of them, Jonathan Taylor, absolutely balled out like he's back at it and Carson Wentz I haven't talked about him because I wasn't on last week and I wasn't on this week even when we lost to the Ravens I just want to give Carson Wentz a a shout out because I didn't get to do it earlier he has played awesome for us the last couple weeks like I know I know he's getting a lot of flack before you know about whether he's gonna be good or not but our record doesn't reflect how well he's played the last couple weeks he has been amazing in terms of some of the passes he's made like real like legit throws like I'm really excited to see what he's doing I got Indy Moneyline Nice. Love that. Uh, and then finally here, I'll start this one off. New Orleans playing at Seattle on a Monday night. The, uh, the spread is, is five points, very similar to Pittsburgh holding that five-point spread against Seattle. Now, albeit it was at home um, in Heinz Field. But I've actually got New Orleans here. I think they come out pretty strong off, uh, off a bye week. I think they control the clock. Um, and as long as Jameis doesn't make tremendous mistakes i think this is a two touchdown game um especially with that new orleans defense so I, i've got new orleans winning and covering here but uh but evo kick it over to you i think that number is way too big like seattle still looks pretty good against um against pittsburgh like that was a really tough atmosphere for for gino to go into in his first start and um i'll take new orleans to win but i don't think they cover because if michael thomas is back then that adds a huge element to that saints offense I mean, I got the Saints winning either way, but with Michael Thomas back, I, I think a cover is more likely. I don't think he makes. Yeah, no, he's he's still a couple of weeks out. Uh, injury didn't progress as quickly as people thought. Just making sure. I'm, I'm gonna go New Orleans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna go New Orleans, but I don't have him covering. Dude, that that game was crazy too. Actually, that end of that game. Hey, Zach, Evan, you guys realize that the only game you guys picked differently was the first one. Really? We, Zach and I always do this. Yeah, we got to take a look at this. <laughs> I, feel good, I feel good about my – well, if I'm picking the same as Zach, though, I feel pretty good. He's had a good year, so. <laughs> this is it's true, 71%. Zach's Cy, be- got an aggressive card this week. He has a, I, he's got a very aggressive card this week, so I'm we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I think that's it. I one th- one thing I wanted to say is I cannot believe no one. Um, I meant to do this earlier, but no one dropped. A, I still own you on this uh, on this podcast Rogers. tonight. <laughs> I was watching <laughs> him talk on Pat McAfee about that. It's so good. You guys got to check it out. But man, 
that line that's was about, so too good. That's about the that's about the most like cutthroat thing you could you could say to somebody when you score a touchdown. I still own you. Like, are you? That was sick, dude. That, that was the best part of the weekend. Best part of the weekend was Aaron Rodgers dropping that line. I'd say an underrated part too was even before he said that him getting hit as he was in you know as he uh, passed the pylons and he like took the hit and then he did like a somersault right into a discount double check. I mean, also heavily underrated, gents. Heavily Loved underrated. It. Loved he's it. playing with he, he. It's it's one of those years. Rogers feels like he has nothing to lose. Like if he wins, he wins. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Because at first he wasn't going to play. When you watch him play, he's playing so loose. Like he's just having a good time out there. Like he like he he just does not care. And it's so fun to watch him go out there and ball, bro. He's having a season. Well, hey, James, I think that wraps uh, this podcast up. Um, you know, if you're listening on Spotify, we really appreciate it. Um, and if you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, we always appreciate it. If you want to come on and uh, agree or disagree with any of our picks, have any hot takes yourself, go ahead and contact us. Uh, just, uh, you know, um, reach out to us in the comment section. Reach out to us individually. We'd love to have you on as a guest. Um, so outside of that, we hope you have a great week. Go out, watch that James Bond movie. It's incredible if you guys haven't already. Uh, but outside of that, uh, we, you know, this was Monday's Down South, and we will see you uh, very soon. All right, thanks.